everyone, and welcome back to the Steam Forward Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Savannah, and today our guest is Sippy Callaway. I know we a couple weeks ago we had Philip Callaway. This is his wife, and she used to be a pro tennis player, and today she's going to help me lead a conversation on how extracurriculars can change your life, and uh, this podcast would have just came out a little bit after Mother's Day, and so she's just going to give us some insight and experiences on her two years of motherhood. So please help me welcome. Welcome, Sippy Calloway. Hello, welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, super excited. And you know, I did not know that you were as many. I've known Sippy for a couple years now. I did not know that you were a pro tennis player. Yeah, I'm actually in shock. Yeah, that takes a lot of discipline and dedication. Yeah, so talk us through that. So I would really like to dedicate this podcast mm-hmm. to my parents mm-hmm. because they're still with us. They yeah. had, and they are much older. They met later in life. So mm-hmm. I have uh, older parents. Yeah. But because of them, I took the path of professional tennis and all those extracurricular activities after school. Wow. Yeah. So was your dad a tennis coach? Yes. But he was not a tennis player. He oh. was a self-taught tennis coach because mm-hmm. he wanted to help unprivileged kids to stay out of the streets. Mm-hmm. So he created a tennis program in Israel what? that gave free tennis lessons to kids who did not have the means to, for their parents to, you know, pay for tennis lessons and things like that. So he had a free classes and That's things awesome. like that. Yeah. So you grew up in Israel. Yes. How long did you, how long did you live there before coming to America? I came to America a month shy of turning 16. Oh, wow. So coming to America and celebrating my 16th birthday was like a dream because that's what you see on TV. <laughs> yeah. You sweet 16, you see yeah. those things. So then was it a culture shock? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Because of my tennis path, I'm yeah. still very um, guarded, I mm-hmm. would say, shielded from the outside world. Right. And uh, so I stayed within my tennis community mm-hmm. and the school that I was placed in. Yeah. So it was a culture shock because I thought I would only see Mickey, Minnie, and like that. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like this at all. Yeah. So did you move to Miami when you came from Israel? The original flight was Tel Aviv to Miami, mm-hmm. but my first few months were spent a little bit up north, closer to Orlando, mm-hmm. in the winter... Win- winter Haven. Some, somewhere like that. Yeah. I never remember the name because the tennis coach that brought me over, mm-hmm. his um, academy was there. Mm-hmm. But I received a scholarship to play for a tennis academy called Rick Macy Tennis Academy. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with the name or if it rings a bell, it's because he was the William Sitz yes. tennis coach. Yeah. So when we came here on vacation one year and he saw me, he said, bring her over. Wow. I, I came to Miami, but I lived there for a few months until my parents situated a living arrangement. Mm-hmm. And then I came down to Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. So did they kind of move you to America because it would help your tennis career rather than staying in Israel? Yes. So I'm also Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, my father is Dutch. My mom is Israeli mm-hmm. and they met in the Netherlands. So after Israel... I moved back to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and that's where I met the American coach. Yeah. And from there, he said, I think the next step would be to come to the United States. Wow. Now, in Israel, I was top-ranked player. I was number one in my age group. Uh, not awesome. Maybe, top one, two, three in all the yeah. ages, 10, 12, 14. 
And then in the Netherlands, there was a bigger competition. Mm -hmm. So I was number one in my region. But nationally, I saw that the competition was much higher right. in comparison to Israel. And that's when the coach said, I think if she trains, she meaning me, he was mm -hmm. talking to my parents, if she trains in the United States, it will open her you know, uh, capability, yeah, to, to even maybe think about college. But college was definitely plan Z, like, <laughs> of the mind. So how would you say that you being in tennis kind of saved your life and really, like, made you have all these doors of opportunity? So tennis, right now, tennis is a much more open sports to right. all type of people, all um, financial settings. But back in the day, I am 38, so back in the day, like 20, <laughs> 30 years now, tennis was a much more expensive sport. Right. And I was very fortunate and blessed that my parents were able to put me in that type of setting. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say being able to play sport, any sport really back then was a blessing because yeah. it was so much more expensive than it is now. Mm -hmm. If you look at baseball leagues, soccer leagues, anything, now a lot of people can afford it. But back then it was very 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 hard to do it it was like an exclusive kind of thing yes yes and especially a sport like tennis because it's not a team sport it's an individual right sport. yeah so growing up my parents saw that i had a love for athletics mm -hmm. so they put me in soccer they put me in tennis because my dad was a coach mm -hmm. and they saw that i immediately gravitated towards tennis mm -hmm. so every day after school it wasn't, oh, let me meet up with my friends and be on the streets and play outside. Right. Computer weren't a thing really yet. It was more like play outside. Yeah. Um, they said, let's go and play tennis. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that route in comparison to other kids, I had a much more structured type of upbringing. Yeah. And I wouldn't call it strict because my parents really left me the choice. And yeah. that's why... Again, I'm dedicating this podcast mm -hmm. because they didn't say you have to do this. You have to go to practice. You yeah. have to do this. They really presented the option. Yeah. So if you have a structured afternoon, mm -hmm. you can get more things done. done. Yeah. The options that was words giving to me is either I have a structure where I go to tennis, I come home, I do homework, I have dinner, hang out with my parents, or I go on the bus with my friends. We play outside, we do what kids do, and not sure if homework will yeah. get done or if it will get done right, mm -hmm. you know, and then I come home, things like that. Yeah. So they did give me that option. And at one point I did say, I don't want to play tennis anymore. I want to hang out with my friends. I went to the movies on Friday. I couldn't go. <laughs> yeah. I did this, I did that. And they, they gave me that option, but what they took away from me was the freedom. So my dad was waiting outside school when school was over. Yeah. And he said, you can hang out with your friend on the weekend, not during the weekday, right. go home. Right. So then I thought to myself, do I want to be home with food? And do I want to play tennis? <laughs> yeah. So the choice was to play tennis. Yeah. So how would you, because you know, we have students that watch um, this podcast and because you made it to the pros, right? <laughs> how would you encourage them in their journey of like, maybe they're in basketball or football or even tennis? Um, how would you encourage them just to keep pursuing and not really worry about all the distractions that come with it? So I would definitely say to practice mm -hmm. whatever sport, whatever talent you have. Mm -hmm. Talent can take you only yeah. so far. Exactly. So really put in the work 
and you will not see results right away. Right. There are some very, very fortunate mm -hmm. young <laughs> ladies and gentlemen yeah. who get results right away. They're that one in the million. But the majority doesn't. Yeah. It takes 10 years to become mm -hmm. a one-hit wonder, they mm -hmm. say, in music. So it takes thousands and thousands of hours of practice to become great at what it is that you do. Right. And something that if I can look back and change is to have a plan B. Mm -hmm. You know, I put all my eggs in one basket. Right. So did my parents where we moved from country to country to play tennis. And unfortunately, I got injured. Oh, okay. And that's how I ended up playing college tennis, mm -hmm. which was a blessing, too. But if you, from a young age, can tell yourself and your family, because it is a family decision, mm -hmm. because they are your sponsors yeah. when you are 8, 9, 10, 11, all the way, they are your sponsors. Yes, yeah. you may get money from other places, but mm -hmm. they are the one who are sustaining you. Mm -hmm. So if you can make a family decision saying, this is the path I want, yeah, and you don't look right or left, you stay on that path, but discuss ahead of time just in case what will happen if an obstacle comes right and we cannot get back on the track what yeah. can we do yeah i never had that conversation mm. because collegiate sports is not big in israel we don't have university with mm -hmm. with sports like that mm -hmm. there's like one school in the whole country that does that yeah it's either you're an athlete or you're a professional it's not in between oh, yeah it's not both so yeah. when we came to america and we found out that you can be a student athlete it was a whole new world right yeah and that if i can again rewind some of the parts mm -hmm. of my life i would have planned better right because i didn't know certain rule that ncaa had i didn't know that you are not allowed to earn x amount of money and then you don't get a scholarship. So my first year of playing collegiate tennis, I had to uh, redshirt it, which means you have to sit it out. Wow. So then I had to even switch colleges. Yeah. So also do your research. Do your research. Just yeah. be prepared. So that's the advice I would give. Be prepared. So I know um, we had Johnny Wilson. He um, played um, in college basketball, and then he injured his knee. And so he's now a um, he's now a coach for basketball. So did you ever get into the coaching realm? Yes, tennis. He did. Yes, mm -hmm. coaching was actually the first thing I did once I became a senior mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. I tried to take the television route. That's mm -hmm. what I graduated with, communication and media. Yeah. And I really wanted to be a sportscaster. Mm -hmm. I had an internship with Channel 4. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. But the year I graduated was 2008. Yeah. And you youngins may not remember what happened in that <laughs> But it was pretty serious. Yeah. And instead of hiring people, they laid off people. Yeah, so they the recession, correct? correct. Yeah. So they couldn't hire me as an employee. Mm -hmm. So I went to what I know best, and that's tennis. Mm -hmm. And a tennis coach by the name of Carlos Casely took me under his wing, and I started coaching little kids, which feels like babysitting, really. <laughs> I can only imagine, yeah. But that's where you start. Yeah. And that's how you test the waters yourself, because if you can work with children little children and if you can work with much older adults you know you can do anything yeah i mean because there's really not a lot of difference between older people listen and babies yeah 
they all have the brain. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was coaching for most of my uh, adult life. Right. Um, so as I said, we're going to talk about uh, Mother's Day and just like appreciation for mothers. And so we appreciate you for being a mother, Sippy. And I know that you've been a mother for two years. So uh, just kind of tell us about what motherhood has been like for you. And has tennis kind of like prepared you to be a mom? Has your life experiences really led up to this moment that you're a mom? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I, again, I, I keep on saying the same thing where I dedicate this yeah. podcast to my parents yeah. because they helped me become the mother that I am today mm-hmm. to my son. Yeah. And one of my biggest goals was accomplished during my first year of motherhood where I played a tournament in our country club at Williams Island. Mm -hmm. And I got to win all three divisions. And I know that my son will never remember it, but I will remember it. Well, even if I will never play tennis again, I know that I did this and I really wanted to do it for him Mm -hmm. because as a mother, I see what sacrifices my parents made. And I am willing to do the exact same thing, whether it's tennis, studying, dancing whatever whatever passion my son will have i want to fully fully support him yeah but again just be more prepared this time around yeah absolutely um so what's next for you i know that you don't play tennis at the moment unless it's for fun um but i know don't you work with your husband yes yes and doing what Uh, My husband owns a real estate company. He's the broker owner. Mm -hmm. And during the COVID season, I decided to go ahead and get my license in real estate. So I am uh, working under my husband. (laughs) (laughs) That has to be tricky. You know, sometimes uh, I take a lot of walks during the day. (laughs) Um, So how is that like? How is it like being a real estate agent? It's challenging. Yeah, I would. And and I will take it back to tennis a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, tennis is a very mini me sport, mm-hmm. and so is real estate. Mm-hmm. And then it is your friend because everyone is trying to get that deal for themselves. Yes. Wow. And I thought, I, I mean, I do believe that I'm a people person, mm-hmm. but the different people that I got to meet throughout real estate, not yeah. friends, but just complete strangers, you'll be amazed at how people are. And I realized that maybe I'm not that much of a people person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like real estate was a selfish market. Yes. Yeah. It's very self. And I get it because everybody wants to succeed. Yes. We're all trying to succeed. Yeah. So let's, be, let's just go ahead and wrap up this podcast with our word of the day. And um, I'm really inspired by by you is what I want to say. I never knew any of these things about you. And I've known Sippy. She, this is, you're very humble. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I encourage you to take that with you and always be that way. I love that about you. I really do. Um, so if we could just... If you could wrap up your experiences from being a tennis player to now, um, your journey now being a wife and a mother, what would be that one word? Prepared. Prepared. And why? Because if you prepare yourself for anything, you will never find yourself shocked. Right. There will always be surprises. Mm -hmm. But if you can be as prepared as possible for whatever might be rainy day, Mm -hmm. whether it's finances, whether it's with your child, yeah. whether it's at school, mm-hmm. for exam, mm-hmm. for your sports, for your extracurricular activities that you do, the more prepared you are, 
the higher the chances of you becoming successful at that task will be. Yeah, absolutely. I see why you and your husband are married because I said almost the same thing when he was on the podcast. But thank you so much. This was such an honor and you really blessed my life today. And as always, there's two sponsors that we like to thank and that's Trinity Church and the Children's Trust. And don't forget that there are three ways in which you can watch or listen to this podcast. If you like to watch, follow us on YouTube. But if you like to listen, follow us on Apple or Spotify. Remember, this is the Steam Forward Podcast. See you next week. Steam Forward Podcast.